Welcome to The Wall of Soundtrack, a show where we discuss the music and soundtracks behind the very best TV shows and motion pictures. In this episode, we'll be analyzing and dissecting the music and soundtrack behind James Gunn's Marvel sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Nadia Foucher Massage. Nadia is a massage therapist in the DC metro area with over 13 years of experience helping clients reduce stress and chronic pain. Nadia provides a variety of massages ranging from deep tissue, Swedish, and prenatal, and other services including aroma, reflexology, and stone therapy. Nadia also provides her services to private businesses and companies to help with stress management for their most important assets, their employees. I've also been a client of Nadia's for over 10 years and I can honestly say she's helped relieve the chronic pain and stress in my neck, upper body, and lower back. As a result, she's helped reduce my stress levels and improve my overall mental health. When I go to Nadia, I come out of the massage feeling like a new person. To schedule an appointment, visit www.nadiafmassage.com or call 301-651-3877. That's 301-651-3877. Hey guys, just a quick update. I will be releasing a new episode of the Wall of Soundtrack podcast where Cy and I analyze and dissect the music and soundtrack behind Ryan Coogler's Marvel film, Black Panther. So be on the lookout for that episode coming your way. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a Marvel sequel that was written and directed by James Gunn and was released in 2017. The film's main storyline surrounds Peter Quill and the Guardians Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Baby Groot as they protect important batteries from an interdimensional space monster. The film's cast includes a variety of impressive actors and actresses including the following. Chris Pratt as Peter Quill or Star-Lord, Zoe Soldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax the Destroyer, Vin Diesel as Baby Groot, Bradley Cooper as Rocket, Michael Rooker as Yondu Udanta, Kurt Russell as Peter Quill's father, Ego, and Sylvester Stallone as Stockar Ogard. My returning guest for this discussion is Cy Shackleford. Cy is a writer for the entertainment commentary and review website, Action A Go Go. You can follow his articles on the website, www.actionagogo.com, and you can also follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Shack underscore house 83. I had a great time discussing this soundtrack with Cy, and I hope you enjoyed as well. Here's my discussion with Cy on the music and soundtrack behind James Gunn's Marvel sequel, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Sai, thanks for joining me again. Good to be back. Good to be back. I'm excited to do about this one right here. Yeah, this was a this was a great one. I was really looking forward to it. Oh uh, yeah, and, and it had me re- re- revisit the movie for the first time since since Avengers Endgame came out. When was it? When was that? May or April of 2019? Now. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the third time I've seen the film, and looking back on it now, I'm like, this was better than the original. Yeah. Yeah, and it had like. The soundtrack was just awesome. Yeah, the, yeah. The soundtrack was awesome, and they had more. And the director James Gunn had more carte blanche to do whatever he wanted to with this film. Yeah, I mean, it grossed a hundred million dollars more than the original did. Yeah, it seems like it's just got a really nice following. It does. I mean, like we said in the in the podcast we did for the first Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, Marvel. I mean, Disney, Marvel. They, they took these D list characters and made them household names. Yeah. Everybody knows who Groot is, who the legendary Star-Lord is, uh, the Rocket Raccoon, all that. Yeah, and it's like, we were just talking about this a little bit beforehand, about how there were like just so many, you know, uh, amazing actors in this film, and like well-known actors, like Sylvester Stallone makes an appearance. That was unexpected, just as Kurt Russell's appearance as Eagle was unexpected as well. And even though they didn't have any screen time together... Seeing Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone in the same film is like okay, Tango and Cash reunited. Yeah, and then we then Michael Rooker and uh, and uh, Sylvester Stallone and from uh, Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, oh yeah, yeah, man, that guy has been in so many movies. Michael Rooker. Michael like, Rooker has. Yeah, he even had like a bit part in just one episode of season three of True Detective. Yeah, yeah he played the hell out of his role though as uh, Edward Hoyt. 
Yeah, he's a really good actor. I feel like he's uh, often just kind of underrated. You know, he's he's been in so many things. I remember him in Mississippi Burning, uh, the the story about Henry Lee Lucas, a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, what else has he been in? So, oh, uh, was that him in, in what's it called in Mallrats? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I don't think no. I don't think that was him. No. Yeah, but um, yeah, he he's really just a great actor. I mean. He's always going to have work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, have you seen any new movies lately? Or New movies? No, I no, I can't say that I have seen any new movies lately. Haven't been in the movie theater in a while, to tell the truth. Yeah, I saw the new Star Wars. How was that? It was, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was kind of drawn out. I mean... I mean, I gave up on, on these newer, on these Disney Star Wars films after I saw Episode Eight. When I saw that, I'm just I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, "You're not even trying no more, are you?" Yeah, yeah. And 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 I and seeing those movies, these Disney ones, are a reminder of why, why on my Blu-ray rack right behind you, why I have why the only Star Wars movies I have are the original trilogy. Yeah, I won't even buy the prequel trilogy, prequel trilogies, which are marginally better than the Disney ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just I don't know. I just kind of lost track track of them after those first three. You know. I feel like those are still the best in my mind. Although I will say that the Mandalorian that's on Disney Plus, that's better than all the the, the the newer Disney movies that they've dropped in the past few years. Yeah, I mean it's so interesting how Disney what they bought Marvel Studios, right? They like, bought Marvel Studios. Yeah, they got Star Wars under them, and in fact, the Mandalorian that's John Favreau's baby, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he he was he's behind the writing and directing of many of the episodes. Yeah, he um. He did what Iron Man, right? He did, he directed the first two Iron Man films, and he played in all three of them as Happy Hogan, Iron Man chauffeur, and later head of security. And he appeared he appeared in the Spider Man movies under Marvel and the some of the Avengers films. Nice, yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually I saw Robert Downey Jr. on um, the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh yeah, and they asked him about like whether he was going to do another Iron Man or not. He was like, "Nah, I'm, nah. I'm done with that." Like, yeah, he, yeah, he's done with that. I mean, he 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 fulfilled his movie studio deal, ten movies, and he got paid on both upfront for his regular salary and the back end deal too. So that dude's he must have grossed like a half a billion dollars off all the Marvel studio movies he was in alone. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't need to work for like <laughs> the rest of his life anymore. He doesn't, but he'll still he'll still work. It's fun for these actors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they like to do these type of films, and I'm, I'm sure he'll show up in what the Avengers. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, after Avengers Endgame, I, I don't think so, unless they show him in a flashback scene or something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw. I was telling you, I saw that movie Blown Away uh, with Tommy Lee Jones and Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Oh my God, man! That that movie just like like I told you it changed my whole view on on U2. Yeah, some some Tom, some Tommy Tommy Lee Jones like dr- dancing the U2 song and he's an IRA bomber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm like considering U2's often no message of peace. I'm like that just they them two don't go together. Yeah, yeah. It was it was re- really weird to watch, but uh man, Tommy Lee Jones is such a good actor though. Speaking of Tommy Lee Jones, they've been showing The Fugitive a lot on Showtime in the past month now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like okay, I I even though I've seen this movie several times since I was a kid, I saw it in the theater when I was ten. Yeah, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. You you guys like Tommy Lee Jones now? now show U.S. Marshals if you want to make a change up on anything. Speaking of that, Robert Downey Jr. is in that. Oh yeah, he he was he he played his part really good in that film. Yeah, he plays just like a psycho man, like he, psycho killer, like like. He, yeah, it's like you gotta really keep your eye on him to let for, to let you know what he's really about. Yeah, he's all about like just stabbing you in the back. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So uh, almost got away with it too. Yeah, but uh, Tommy Lee Jones, he catches him. Spoiler alert, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. but um, he's the great Samuel Gerard, and he always has to win. Yeah, <laughs> as his, <laughs> as his ex wife says, right? Like, no, 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 no. That was his, his or uh, his like uh, his partner from Cosmo, played by played by Joe Pantaleano. Right, right. But wasn't his wife like the uh, the head of like the U.S. Marshals or something? Like he wasn't married. She was just his boss. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess I need to pay a little more attention. <laughs> next time. Oh, they but, they bickered like a married couple. Yeah, they 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 did. So, um, yeah, man, the soundtrack. Let's jump into it. Um, so, first song by 
looking glass, Brandy, or fine girl uh, that's in the, the opening scene, right? In, in the opening scene, yeah, where it goes back to Missouri in 1980, where we see the legendary Star-Lord's parents, Mary yeah. Quill, and a man played by Kurt Russell, who we, who we learn right then and there is actually an alien. But to what extent? <laughs> oh, the, the film just goes deep with that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, so like they're... I guess he's with his wife, right? Kurt Russell is the is with his uh, with uh, Peter Quill's mom, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. It's he, crazy how they made him look like so much younger. Like it is, it is. I mean, that de aging technology. They did the same thing with Jeff Bridges in, in Tron Legacy. Yeah. Uh, although I thought people thought it was creepy there, but I'm like, that's actually pretty good. I mean, he does look like his younger self back in 1982. Yeah. Because before that, I saw the de aging technology in that X Men Origins Wolverine film. Where they yeah. try to do it with Patrick Stewart, and I'm like, this 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 looks so computer generated. It's not even. It's like you motherfuckers aren't even trying. <laughs> it was crazy the aging technology that they used um, for uh, what was it? The Irishman. The Irishman, yeah, with the, De Niro and Pacino. Yeah, that was and, pretty crazy. And Pesci, yeah. I mean, those guys are in their near are in their mid seventies to eighties now, but they aged them back as much as they could. Like, look, they had them look like they were in their forties. Yeah. That was, and it, and it worked. I think it worked for the most part. It did, it did. I mean, I thought it was just a hell of a makeup job, but that just testifies to how good the computer generation was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this song, this band, Looking, uh, was it Looking Glass, is from New Jersey. Yeah. And um, so this was a song that was, like, produced in 1972. Yeah, it was on their self-titled debut album, and it was their only hit song. It was number one on the pop charts for only a week. Okay, Wow. Yeah, this is a song I just didn't know about, you know, it's kind of interesting. Me neither. I never heard of it before I saw it in this film myself. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised that, you know, James Gunn went with this this song because I was like, in the last Guardians movie, I was like, I felt like it had a little bit more well-known, like, like music. A little bit, yeah, a little bit, and like, what's it called, like... As in this film as well too, I was still t- I, I didn't turn my phone off either during when I saw it in the theater. I'm like, I'm, I need it on. I need Shazam on. Yeah, there's songs I'm not gonna know that I'm gonna like, and I want to know what the hell they are yeah. right away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know it works though. Like when you look at the the lyrics with the the theme of the movie, this plot is pretty well. You know, he came on a summer's day bringing gifts f- from far away, but he made it clear he couldn't stay. No harbor was in his home. Yeah, ego. That 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 those lyrics right there they foreshadow what ego's really about. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a he's damn near a god who just wants to continue on his own personal expansion, and he loves Meredith. He really genuinely does love her, but he can't stay. His need to his need to expand takes precedence. And what's even more sad is the fact that Meredith she loved a man who loved her so much that he ended up that he gave her he deliberately gave her a brain tumor. Yeah, and that 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 was a little weird. Um, it's kind of crazy the writing. Like they named this character Ego. Yeah, I mean he's not even in the book. Ego was basically a giant planet with a with with a face. Right. Right. He's not a god, but he's a very powerful cosmic being. Not not like this though. I mean they they just they just took the the ego name and just put it in the form of Kurt Russell. Gotcha. Yeah. So um. Yeah, it's it's just it's kind of crazy. Um. It's kind of crazy seeing him in this movie. I it, mean, it is. It, it wasn't expected. I was like, even though they did debut it at Comic-Con, I'm sure, but it's like, it was an unexpected surprise for me because I haven't seen Kurt Russell anything in a very long time. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, I think he was in that, like, that Quentin Tarantino movie, right? The Incre- Was he in The Incredible Eight or? The Hateful Eight? Or The Hateful Eight, yeah. Was he? I feel like he, I feel like he was. I th- he might have been. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I haven't seen him in a, in a movie in a long time. Like so, uh, yeah, it's nice to see him getting back involved. With, it is with with film because he's such a good actor. If any, if you want to get back in the film, get your and get back in the public's eye. Have yourself in an MCU movie. Yeah. So our next song by Electric Light Orchestra, Mister Blue Sky. Oh, this is great. I love how this was used in the film. Yeah, and this this was used in uh, what was this scene? Um, the opening credits, actually. It's actually in the opening credits. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, so like Groot's dancing. He's trying to put the connect the mic to get mic together so everybody, because Peter he wanted some music to do while he's at while they while they do their little their stealing job or whatever, right? Yeah. So Groot's trying to get the thing back on, get the mic back on. As soon as it hits, 
you see everybody battling in the background in the opening credits. Yeah. And the backdrop of this song, Mr. Blue Sky, it has like a positive backdrop to it, even with all the, the action going on behind it. Yeah. And they're fighting like this creature that looks like a squid, essentially. I yeah. Mean, um, but it was funny because he's dancing and then like, like he puts the amp together. And yeah, then, the amp, that's what it was. And then, the, then Drax falls on it and breaks it, right? And uh-huh, yeah. thrown into it. <laughs> <laughs> Drax, he's, such, he's so literal. Yeah. And, like, like, and it's so funny because you see uh, David Batista in this movie, and he is like the comic relief, I guess. You know, not not the only comic relief, but he, he's a literal straight man. Yeah, he, 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 it's like it's like he he's funny even when he's not even trying to be. Yeah, and he, I feel like he's trying to do more comedy. I mean, I think he was in a movie recently, some sort of like cop movie. If he if he is, then then more power to him because he's funny in this. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing about this song is, um, what was it called? On the album it was on, the 1977 album, Out of the Blue, the cover art has like a large spaceship with the, with the band's logo in the middle of it. It's like a red, yellow, and blue. Like, like a, it's like a Simon. Remember that Simon toy that like, that glows different colors? Yeah. That's what it looked like on the cover. And I'm like, this is actually a deliberate choice on James Gunn's part, considering that Guardians of the Galaxy takes place in space and you see many spaceships. Yeah. And you know this song, or I'm sorry, this band, Electric Light Orchestra, they've had a bunch of different songs and movies too as well. Um, I, I was looking into this um, American Hustle. Yeah, uh, they had a they had a, a track in there. I think it was called Long Black Road. Yeah, it was more recent as opposed to one of their songs in the '70s. Yeah, they also had a ELO also had a song in that movie Savages called Do Ya. It was used near the end of the okay. film. And that's the Oliver Stone. Yeah, Oliver Stone film, Savages. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to watch that, man. It looked pretty good. That was a good film. I saw that on a whim back in 2012, not knowing what it was about at all. It was like, oh, okay. Okay, okay. This is basically Oliver Stone's thoughts on on the, on the how America handles the marijuana. Yeah. And the drug trade, I guess. The drug, well, specifically that trade, really. Was Bill Paxton in that? Or? No, John Travolta. John Travolta, yeah. Benicio Del Toro, Salma Hayek. Taylor Kitsch, Aaron, Aaron Johnson playing, whatever the fuck his last name is. <laughs> he played he played the main character in Kick Ass. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, and then they had they had a song in Kingpin too. Uh, the, the the bowling movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, with Randy Quaid and Bill Murray. Oh, damn that that's a throwback. Yeah, I heard oh. that's a pretty funny movie too. I remember I saw when I was an eighth grader. Yeah, and they had Vanessa Angel up in it too. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so when we look at this, uh, I mean, it's a joyous song, right? It's and a it's a real positive song. Yeah, it's like very up upbeat, and and the, the lyrics they kind of run in contrast what we eventually see, what we eventually see in the film with ego. Yeah, in fact, the lyrics could be a literal interpretation of how Meredith Meredith is longing for ego. Mister Blue Sky, please don't ask why you had to hide away for so long. Yeah. And and you know it's um, I like the contrast. It's like the the that how you know James Gunn went with this song and it's supposed to be happy and then there are the rest of the Guardians kind of getting their asses kicked. By yeah, this yeah, thing. in a, in a comedic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was great. Um, I mean the way the way Gunn chooses music is like okay, you're getting up there with Scorsese and uh, and Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I, you know I mentioned this before before we started uh, you know this episode is that uh, there's a lot of that like in this movie. Um, I feel like it kind of. He kind of piggybacks off the Pina Colada song that he put in the in the first film, and uh, a lot a lot of uh, great great songs. He does he, did, he it's formulaic, but it works. Yeah. So our next one's by what Aliota Haynes Jeremiah. Oh, Lakeshore Drive. Lakeshore yeah. Drive. Um, so this is when uh, they play this when they're on the ship, right? Yeah, the Milano. The, the Milano, their ship. Yeah, where we get to see the Guardians in their literal home base. Yeah, and. It's it's, it's uh, the way I saw it is like it's kind of used to to show the guardians in, in their in their most in their more familiar setting with each other, and for the audience to refamiliarize themselves with the guardians. Yeah. But the song itself, it's really literally a reminiscence of the band Aliada Haynes Jeremiah. They're from Chicago. Yeah. And the the Lakeshore Drive is a long stretch of road, a famous long stretch of road in that city, and that's what the song's about. Of course, when the when the single came out, the vinyl single came out back in 1970, it was called uh, LSD, which yeah. immediately made people think it was a drug album. Right. 
And and this would was this just like this was just a rock group, right? It was just a rock group, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the band's name is composed of the the names of their bassist Mitch Aliotta, Aliotta, their drummer Ted Aliotta, their 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 siblings. Yeah. The guitarist Skip Haynes. Yeah, and then later when Haynes when Ted Aliotta departed from the group, he was replaced by John Jeremiah, who makes it the third part of the name. Yeah. And I think it kind of like you know hits back to like you know like you just said that the Milano the ship is their home and yeah and this this you know song is kind of talking about that right I mean it's about, it's about home yeah I think it's funny the LSD yeah. <laughs> the LSD part just snaking on by on LSD yeah I'm like like shocker right shocker yeah it's 1970 they're just coming out of the whole drug culture of the 60s yeah the psychedelic like error mm-hmm. uh, so that that's that's funny and i also think it's funny because the, in this scene drax starts talking about like his wife and like how you know she uh like how she he kind of like uh she gets him aroused <laughs> it's pretty funny which is funny because drax in the book drax is actually a human and he was married at one point. He used to be a real estate agent named Arthur Douglas. And he was married at one point. But what turned him into Drax was the villain Thanos, who, who we've seen played by Josh Brolin in these films. He was trying to hide out on Earth and didn't want nobody to see him. And Arthur and his family, they were just coming back from vacation. So he decided to destroy their, their car that they were in. The wife was killed. Arthur was killed. But... And this is a segue into the Eternals movie that they're going to be doing later this year in the, in the MCU with Salma Hayek in it. Nice. It's a little too much for me to get into and I can't even summarize. So let's just get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a funny scene. He starts talking about his wife. He's like how uh, he made his net like she made his like nether region like bulge or something. Yeah. He's so literal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you clinical. Have, yeah. You don't have to tell us too much information. That's right? TMI right there. Yeah. yeah it's TMI. Like, no matter how well you phrase it. Yeah. And then we go to our next song by Fleetwood Mac, the infamous The Chain. Oh, yeah, from their 1977 ultra big album Rumors. Yeah, I just love this song, man. This song is awesome. And uh, you know, not to go on a uh, go, ahead, know, go ahead, go you ahead. You know, not to go on a long uh winded conversation about Fleetwood Mac, but I always remember like seeing them on MTV and they had this concert series called The Dance. Oh, that was on VH1. Or it's on VH1. VH1, VH1 right. Storytellers, yeah. Yeah, and they, 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 they play live, and they play this song live, and it's, like, incredible. Like I actually had that album back in the day. We got it from Columbia House. Yeah. Yeah, where they had they had that song. They had The Chain. They had a Gold Dust Woman, Silver Springs. Yeah. And uh, what else? Landslide. Yeah. Which was used in a lot of movies and somber scenes in the yeah, late 90s. The, and then they had the one, uh, If You Can Go Your Own Way. Yeah, which was on which was on the album that this was on. Uh, yeah. rumors. Yeah, and it's it's it sounds really good live. Like they're just they're incredible musicians. They are. They are. Uh, this 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 song right here, as well as the song "Dreams," that's what made me buy this album from Barnes and Nobles back when I was in college. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean now it's crazy. They kicked Steve or um, Lindsey Graham out Lindsay, of the band. Lindsey Buckingham. Or Lindsey Lindsey Buckingham. Lindsey Graham. Oh, man, you can tell I live in near D.C., right? Yeah, yeah, you can tell, yeah. <laughs> Politics. Yeah, Lindsey uh, Buckingham, uh, he got kicked out of the band, and that's just a shame. But anyways, um, this, yeah, this the song is, like, perfect. It was used twice in the film, just like the Brandy song by Looking Glass. It was used twice in the film, which shows just how deeply embedded into the plot it is. Yeah, like, and, and it's like the chain, right? The guardians, they stick together. Like they, they stick never together. Break, you know? But we see them We see them essentially splitting up when, when this song is first played. Like when, uh, when Star-Lord, Gamora, and Drax, they leave with Ego to go to his planet. And they leave behind Rocket, Baby Groot, and Nebula to repair the Milano. And so the family's pretty much split at that point. Yeah. And they keep repeating that lyric in the song. And if you don't love me now, yeah. you will never love me again. Yeah. Off key as that sounds, I know. It's okay, man. It actually sounded pretty good. I know you're you're getting over a cold. So. Yeah, I, I am kind of getting over a cold, yeah. And this is just <laughs> therapy for me right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, in the lyric, it's like an ultimatum with one party pressuring the other. Like, if you can't make our relationship work, if you can't repair our, our bond, then, then I'm going to bounce. I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah, and it was pretty crazy because... In Fleetwood Mac, like Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, they were like actually dating, right? Like, they were, and I think Lindsey Buckingham, I mean, uh, Stevie Nicks was having an affair with Tom Petty at the time too. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, and they have they have like and, and um, cocaine was a big part of their whole relationship. But then again, they're musicians. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I know even even Stevie Nicks had um, I think a relationship at one point with like Mick Fleetwood, like the drummer. Probably it's pretty crazy. It is. It is. I'm surprised they never had any kids all together out of that. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty pretty crazy band relationship, but well, um, yeah, they. Uh, but in re- it's funny how they how they eat house how this song was the one that was used in the film really, because if you look at the liner notes for for rumors, the chain is the only song that's actually credited to all the members of Fleetwood Mac, and that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole theme of unity with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, that song, this song, man, that that bass line, like that part where it's like, boom, 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 boom. yeah, boom, that that drum build up, it's like so famous. Yeah, it is. That and that solo too, that uh, that Lindsay uh, Lindsay Buckingham does is just crazy. It is. This is a good song to use. I mean, yeah, and <laughs> the way it was used in the film, right, the lyrics really similar. They really, they really. Um, reflect what the Guardians are about their whole, a family with a bond. And and that was shown in the first film too, like near the end when they channeled the power of the Power Stone and they all lived. Yeah. It's like you can't break the chain. And, the, and by the film's end, their bond is unbroken. Yeah. Yeah, this is just perfect. This is a perfect song to use. And, yeah. and the second time it's used in the film is when the team is at their lowest, but they're rallying together. And Peter, he's fighting off his father, Ego, Played by Kurt Russell, because we now learn that Ego, he sired many children throughout throughout centuries, right? Trying to find the one that he could help use as a battery for his power. But they all end up dead, except for Peter. Yeah. Peter might be the only one that could actually be of use to him. But when Peter realized that his father, that what his father really wants him for, he takes control away from the power away from his father and uses it against him. Yeah. At this point, Peter... He's fight, even though he's fighting a guy who's his blood family, he's fighting to protect the people he considers his real family. Yeah. And, and, that, and that reaffirmed their bond. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, when you look at, like, kind of it to the plot and the themes of this movie, a lot of it is around family. Around right? family, yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like a year later, we see that theme exponentially more in regards to father and son in the, in the Black Panther movie. Yeah. So we go to our next song by Glenn Campbell, uh, Southern Nights. <laughs> I like I like how they use this. Oh, it was song. fun. It was fun how they used it. Yeah, this is like essentially their um, what's it? Rockets in the forest, uh, and I believe what they're uh, he, he's either like on a camp out or he's like near a ship. Like was it his ship or it was long? another? It was another ship. It was, it was another was, ship. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one group of unsuspecting mercenaries after another. Yeah, and he's just kind of like. Just waiting for them, you know. He's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> he's got everything planned out. Oh, he's yeah. like booby traps, and he's just sitting there waiting to, like, you know, uh, set those minds off. Oh yeah, he's having fun with this. I mean, that's what he does best. He blows shit up. Yeah, and uh, this is again one of those songs. that's like, I feel like it's it's kind of a hap- happy like song, you know. It's Southern a- nights. Have you ever, you know, uh-huh. it's supposed to be like happy, and then and then all these people are getting their asses kicked and blown up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like James Gunn's study from the school of Scorsese and Tarantino. Use a happy song with some dark shit happening in the background. Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty awesome, and uh, I feel like Glenn Campbell is a pretty famous, uh, a famous country uh, music singer, right? Yeah, he released 70 albums in the 50, in his 50 year career. He died a few years ago, actually. That's in, that's insane. 70 albums. Yeah, I mean, and and the song. Southern Nights was on uh, an album of the same name, Southern Nights. That was his 32nd album from 1977. Damn, man. Talk about uh, just prolific. Yeah. Right? Like, stay, stay in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's output right there, right? And he had an audience, too. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, this this song, again, reminds me of that whole Pina Colada from Volume 1, uh, that kind of vibe. But captures the scene perfectly. I mean, it's essentially... It you know, uh, have you ever felt a southern night? I mean, the scene is at night, mm-hmm. free as a breeze. Not to mention the trees, whistling tunes that you know and uh, <laughs> that you know and love so. So, oh man, if it captures the scene, yeah, considering the setting. Yeah. So um, then we go to our next one by George Harrison, "My Sweet Lord." So he's a uh, was part of the Beatles. Um, you know, in this song, I believe it's used when they when uh, Peter Gamora and Drax arrive at Ego's planet. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, so there's some more, you know, like iconic. Yeah, uh, there's, there's, a, I wonder how much they paid to have this one used on here. Yeah, this one was probably pretty expensive. I'm sure for the royalty or the license fee. The license fees, yeah. I mean, I remember in the first film, I kept thinking, okay, half your budget probably had to go to these songs. Yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah. So it's a crazy how they like got that whole movie together and like they have all these actors that I'm sure are actresses that were like. They probably asked for a decent amount of money too, yeah. or something on yeah. the back end. Right? Probably like, Brad, Bradley Cooper. Shoot, he's a high paid actor, and he just does a, and he does the voice for Rocket. Yeah, he's got the easiest job. Pretty <laughs> there, much, right? pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and whatever he got paid in Avengers Endgame as well too. Yeah, that's a nice gig, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, anybody, if you get an MCU gig, don't complain. You're getting, you're getting a good paycheck. Yeah, and there's so many like, I mean, the the franchise is so huge, right? That it is. Like, did, you can just keep on making movies. They, they'll keep on with this forever. I mean, they got Disney backing them, and Disney's a fucking money machine. So, like, do you think they can keep building on, like, these movies, or does it have to be, like, strictly towards, like, the comic books, like, continuity I mean, with the comic books? Well, well, a lot of it, well, a lot of what they do, they do delve into the source material for a lot of these. And then some of the characters, like in this film, some of the characters, they're not exactly how they are in the book at all. Like, Stallone... His character Stalker, who I know as Starhawk, is nothing like what I, nothing like what I've seen in the book, and neither is Ving Rhames' character Charlie Twenty Seven. Okay. And who else? Yeah, that's pretty much it for right now. Yeah. In this scene, yeah, it's uh, it's good that they use this scene. His ego is considered a god, and the song is "My Sweet Lord." And George Harrison was often known as the more spiritual Beatle. I mean, he embraced Indian and Hindu culture. And help add some of that stuff into their work and his own solo work as well too. <laughs> yeah, the uh, George Harrison man, the guy is just—he's just such a like again another uh, legend, kind of like um, who was the other one? Paul. Um, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Like these guys, they, they all do their side projects and have their solo projects. And you mentioned Paul McCartney, that reminded me of a Jim Norton comedy sketch. Where he goes at Heather Mills, McCartney's ex-wife, he says, "Lady, you're so you you have one leg and you married one of the Beatles. How do you fuck that up?" <laughs> yeah, man. Like they are really like people like to crack jokes about the Beatles. Yeah, they do. I mean, yeah. they're so deep in pop culture. It's like, how do you not? Yeah, and like then you have the like like I was talking about the whole Yoko Ono thing. That's mm -hmm. always like people blame her for everything. So, but. Uh, you know, like I was, I was listening to a Howard Stern interview with Paul McCartney, and he was like, yeah. he's like, they're talking about Yoko Ono and John, and how mm. like the whole breakup and how she was responsible. And he was like, no, he's like, he's like, he was really defending her, and he was like, um, you know, they just really loved each other, you know, and you know, that's just the way it was, and that's just kind of, he didn't really blame her, which I thought was kind of. Uh, like honorable, you know. I guess, yeah. I mean, back then maybe he did. I guess time changed. Time changes, things. yeah, T changes things. But um, so we go to our next song by Jay and the Americans, oh, right? Or we wasn't even done with this one yet. Oh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the lyrics, right? I um, mean, yeah, the story of Ego's creation in the movie bears influence. I mean, Ego he created himself pretty much, and he's been searching for meaning, but he's been going about it in like in a nonchalant. I don't care if I have to destroy even my own children. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's in the song itself, My Sweet Lord is literally about searching for God and some yearning. And really, it, and what's been going on since the beginning of the film is Peter really wants to know who his father is. Yeah. I mean, at one point in the film, Gamora accuses him of being sensitive about it. He says, he says I'm not sensitive about my father. I just don't know who he is. Yeah. And later he learns, he's excited to learn at first because his whole life he sits there thinking, I imagine my father was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> Which is funny because Hasselhoff does make an appearance in the movie. Yeah, and like, where, like, where did that like come from? Why did he? You know, well, he's a kid. He was he's a kid in the eighties, and up to a I think up to nineteen eighty eight, pop culture is what he knows. Yeah, and I guess Hasselhoff was really popular for the Night Rider. Night Rider, yeah, yeah, and I guess he also sings as well or mm -hmm. something. He's a, he's a man of many talents, right? Yeah, yeah. What what Peter <laughs> Quill imagined himself to be. Oh man, did you ever did you ever see the roast of David Hasselhoff? So that, that was the final Greg Giraldo roast. Of course, I saw it. Yeah, and Giraldo Giraldo <laughs> ripped it. He said to Hasselhoff, he managed to connect Hasselhoff to the recently dead uh, Gary Coleman, 
and he Hasselhoff's alcoholism to Gary Coleman. He said, your liver is so shriveled, black, and dead that if you put your ear to your side, you can hear it go, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> he said something like, like uh, if you're if uh, if you're looking for David Hasselhoff, you'll find him like drunk on the floor or something, <laughs> like passed out on the floor. Because like, yeah, Hasselhoff, he was he. There's a video of him eating a cheeseburger on on a hotel floor, and it, <laughs> and Geraldo managed to connect that to Jerry Springer, who was part of the dais. Because Springer used to be the mayor of Chicago, and before that, he was a aide to uh, Bobby Kennedy. And then he said, I guess that explains your connection to Hasselhoff because you like hanging out with guys whose careers end on the hotel floor. Oh. That's fucked up. <laughs> but it's a roast, so what do you expect? Oh, man, he just tore him up in that, in that roast. Yeah, he did, but Hasselhoff could take it, though. Yeah, it was <laughs> – he did it. He, he, he played, uh, you know, played it off, and he, he was a good sport about it. Yeah, so. he, yeah and Geraldo made McFarlane cringe with that whole what you talking about Willis joke. If you can make Seth McFarlane cringe, I, you're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. And they, and the, and this whole thing, the song, yeah. Peter, he really wants to meet it. Not only wishes to meet his father, but wants to stay with him, prove that he's worthy of being his son. And for a little while, that's what Peter wants to do until he learns what his father wants to do with him, make him into a battery. Yeah, man. So this next song, Jay and the Americans come a little bit closer. I, I, uh, this is, a, this is another fun song, too, that was using a fun scene. Yeah, yeah. And then, so essentially, it would, it's uh, Yandu and, um, and Rocket. Uh, Rocket kind of just uh, escaping out of, uh, escaping from the, the Ravagers, right? Like, yeah. So they're just walking out, like, and, and uh, Yandu's using that arrow to just take everybody yeah, that, out. That telekinetic arrow, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool as hell. They were just walking out like bosses, too, man. Like, they're just... And it's one of the more violent scenes in the film, actually. You know what that scene reminds me of? I was trying, I was thinking about this when I was watching. I was like, what does this scene remind me of? It reminds me of The Matrix when they, which, uh, which, which part? The part where they're walking and like, they're, you know, in The Matrix, uh, the first one where uh -huh. they go through the security, uh, oh, yeah. security guards, like, uh -huh. and they're just like walking through and it's, it's like, and they got all those guns under there under their trench coats. Yeah. It just kind of reminds me of The Matrix and they just walk like through their like, it's clean. Yeah. 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 It's a pretty cool sequence, but uh, yeah, this is funny. And it's like that you look at the lyrics, you know, it's like, come a little bit closer. You're, you're my, my kind, kind of man. man. So big and strong, come a little bit closer, but yeah, literally come a little bit closer. Come a little right? closer, I can stick you with this. Yeah. <laughs> so this was great, man. Like the night is long and so is my arrow. Yeah. And then this, you know, Jay and the Americans, like, I feel like I didn't know much about this. I didn't know nothing about them at all before this. Yeah. And again, I think, I think James Gunn, a lot of these songs, I think people's, People suggested that he use him as a joke, but I feel I guess he figured I can find some way to make this work. Yeah, so uh, it was it was great. It was a really well placed song. Um, but uh, then we have the the infamous right Sam Cooke. Oh yeah, I feel like we covered we covered a cover of this in uh, in Ali. Right? Yeah, 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 that's what I was gonna say. I was like, we we keep coming back to this song, man. Like, yeah. and and uh, it's a great song. I mean, it, it really is. And this is the original version, actually. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of this song. Um, I loved how they used it in Ali, the cover song, and then yeah. even in, in this one as well. I mean, in this in this scene, um, yeah, Peter's still trying to mack on Gamora. Yeah, yeah, and he can't do it. He can't know? even with the references to the TV show Cheers that he keeps making. Yeah, yeah. I'm Sam. You're Diane. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know he just flops like he did in the, he did in the in the last movie, right? Like, yeah, I mean he's he smashed several alien women growing up, no doubt. But Gamora, he is smitten with Gamora. He loves her. Yeah, yeah. And she's got some affection for him. There's at least something in there. Otherwise, otherwise she would have taken off a long time ago. Yeah, and all these like pop culture references, like you said, Cheers. You know? Yeah, Quill is fond of making pop culture references. I mean, in Avengers: Infinity War, he asked Spider Man if Footloose was still the greatest movie ever, and Spidey's like, it never was the greatest movie ever. <laughs> yeah, man, and this this must be I don't know. This must be like James Gunn kind of putting in all this like pop culture references or the scriptwriter. A lot um, of it. A lot of it is. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, man. I like the David Hasselhoff stuff and. Mm -hmm. um, the Cheers references and like I can't wait to see what they're gonna do next for Volume Three. Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be off the hook. But, I, know, uh, I fucking hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we look at the uh, the lyrics here. If you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind, oh oh, bring it to me. Bring your sweet love and bring it bring it uh, on home to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely a definitely a love song. I think it fits. 
it fits there. And it also, and if you look at this little snippet of the lyrics that we got here, it harks back to the beginning of the film with Meredith and Ego. Yeah. If you ever change your mind about leaving, then come back. So I feel like it's pretty similar to that. What's it, Brandy? Then Brandy, Brandy's a Looking Glass by looking, Brandy. Yeah, Looking Glass. Brandy by Looking Glass. Yeah, yeah, I always think Brandy when I hear that, like the uh, the singer, the singer. Yeah, yeah, Moesha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, that's. I mean, does she ever do anything anymore? Like, yeah, she with... still acts. She still acts. Okay. Sometimes, admittedly, I confuse her with Gabrielle Union. Okay. They look alike. I'm surprised she didn't do any more like solo kind of work right like she might have but i i don't know i haven't i haven't checked for her since her and monitored the boy's mind 21 years 22 years ago yeah wow time flies man um the next song by silver wham bam shangling yeah this song yeah i mean (sighs) they were they were another obscure band like and then and they were an american they were a country music band and this was their only hit and this was used in the scene where the Sovereign, the Sovereign are the group of golden people that the Guardians were working for at the beginning of the film. But because the leader of the Sovereign chose a down talk to the Guardians, Rocket stole some of their batteries, even though he didn't even need to steal none of their batteries, just as a way of giving two middle fingers to them for their condescending attitude. Yeah. And since then, they've been on the run from the Sovereign. Yeah. Yeah, but they got the Sovereign, the Ravagers, and Eagle to deal with. And the Sovereigns right now, they sent one more one more fleet of drones to track them down, but the Guardians are busy trying to destroy Ego's core. I feel like Rocket's just like a troublemaker, man. This whole film is like, but he they showed him having more character in this film, though. Yeah. Character development, that is. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like he's always getting into trouble and... Yeah. <laughs> you know? In the last movie, I feel like he did too, right? He's just kind of a, kind of a menace. Yeah, they're him and, him and Groot. They're mercenaries. Yeah, wisecracking mercenaries. I mean, did did Groot? I mean, did he even? Ha- I mean, he had probably like what three or four lines in this movie, right? Like, I am Groot. All exclusively said in that order by Vin Diesel, man. Yeah, and and he and he still got paid, right? He still got paid. Yeah, I am Groot. Yeah, that's funny. That's all um, he can say, even though he's thinking something else. is funny. Yeah. Is he still doing the Fast and Furious stuff, or is that all The Rock now? I don't know. I don't know. Personally, I think they could have ended at Fast 7. That's the last one I saw. Yeah. Talk about a moneymaker, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that they can go on forever with that one, too. Yeah. So um, so do you think this was a good song to put into this, into this scene? I mean... I mean, it works. It works. Uh, the lyrics, or what's it called? Or scene, I, 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 when I listen to the lyrics, I'm like, this is a this is Peter and his father. That's, that's their relationship right here. Yeah. Things have gone from bad to worse, leaving them to do only one option: do their wham, bam, shangalang, and shangalangalang thing. Yeah. So um, then, I mean, what the next, the next song by Cat Stevens? I father mean, and son. Father and son. The infamous Cat Stevens. This was used. This was a very emotional scene. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. Uh, so the, this is when they were like. They were like talking, right? Like after in, they destroyed Ego, right? And uh, Craglin, he gives a Peter after Peter's Walkman was destroyed by Ego, right? Yeah, the last memory that he had of his mother or whatever, right? Yeah, Craglin gave him a Microsoft Zoom. <laughs> it says three hundred songs, and Peter's is like three hundred songs. I'm like, dude, the battery life on that thing is shit. I had one myself. <laughs> the, the 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 video, the the picture image is really good. The organization the MP3s is good, but the battery life goes to hell after four years. Yeah. And at that point, that was 2014, so them Zooms were discontinued. You were better off with the iPod Classic. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do for the third movie, what he's going to get, like if they keep playing off of that kind of joke. Yeah, or if they... I don't know. Or if he's going to be streaming. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Spotify or whatever that whatever they can use for Spotify in space. Yeah. <laughs> They'll figure out something. Yeah, it'll, you know, it'll be that or it'll be like, you know, what the Amazon, uh, what's it, the uh, little robot that talks to you, right? I forget the name of it is. The... Uh, the um, Amazon Echo or something, or yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is um, yeah, it is an emotional scene, um, but then I mean, you it's you're kind of surprised, right? Like I mean, a little you, bit, with, yeah, with y- with Yandu and like that I mean, whole with Yandu, yeah. I mean, we thought Yandu was just a bad guy that was just, just trying to recapture him for money at the beginning of the film, but Yandu was Peter's real father figure. Yeah. Like, as Yandu said during the film, Ego may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy boy. Yeah. 
And I feel like their character, I mean, like, he was kind of doing the same stuff, right? Like, Peter Quill was stealing the orb yeah. in the first movie. Uh-huh. And he's kind of like... Uh, he taught him how to be a Ravager, pretty much. How to be an intergalactic intergalactic thief, pretty much. Yeah, like, a, almost a pirate, right? Pirate, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's, what, that's what the Guardians of the Galaxy are. I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the book, they're more super heroic, really. They live up to their Guardian's name. But here, they're like semi-heroic space pirates. It's like... Like the Star Jammers from the X Men. Yeah, that's how they were like, and they were more, and they were more fun in the book than the Guardians were in the book. Here on screen, it's the other way around. Yeah, even though we've never seen the Star Jammers on screen on the big screen yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this scene, it was a real powerful scene. This funeral scene where Yondu Rocket gets word to all the other Ravagers to let them know of Yondu's sacrifice, and they give him a funeral. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely emotional. I mean, you look at the lyrics too, all the times that I cry, keeping all the things I knew inside. It's hard, but it's harder to ignore it. If they were right, I'd agree, but it's it's them, they know, not me. Now there's a way, and I know that I have to go away. I know I have to go. Yeah, from a father and a son, and the son and the father is how Cat Stevens framed the lyrics. And it, it works perfectly. With it the works scene. perfectly, yeah, because the whole father-son thing that was throughout the throughout the movie... And even Rocket breaks character in the film, too. Yeah. And then um, even, like, I mean, even the credits that they used, right? Like, the songs and the ending credits. Yeah, Cheap Trick song. Yeah, Cheap Trick. Um, we were talking about him in the, what was it, the last episode that we did, um, Over the Top, right? The, over the Top of Manhunter. It was Over the Top. Over the Top, yeah. Yeah, he did, like, the lead singer did a, did a track for Over the Top. Um it's just kind of crazy that you know we revisit it again here in, in this uh, in this it, episode. It is, it is. And then you have uh, what's uh, Parliament uh, flashlight. So that's part. Is that Parliament Funk? Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That reminds me of that movie uh, PCU. You remember oh, that? Yeah. Where they, where they sh- Kevin, yeah. yeah, they show up and they play the house party. Uh huh. Yeah. I think this is also used in a, what's it called? And can't hardly wait as well. Oh yeah. There's so many songs using that film. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> the David Hasselhoff, <laughs> Guardians Inferno. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 made use of that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Zardu Hasselfrau. Yeah. Which is what Gamora calls calls David Hasselhoff, which sounds more German, more evil German. Yeah, yeah. Zardu Hasselfrau. Like German, like it's not a not a pretty language. It's not a you know. It's not, not like French. It's or, not like French. No, no, no. It sounds more militant almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> it's just funny, man. Like, like um, a football player Von Miller. I'm like Von Miller. That just sounds like an evil German cap. Yeah. Then he what he plays for the Broncos, right? Von right. Miller. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I never thought of that, Von Miller. <laughs> Good call. Um, and then I guess this song was composed by Tyler Bates and actually written by the director, right? James Gunn, uh-huh, yeah. who's, a, who's a musician. Um, but uh, and Gunn's brother was in the film too. Sean Gunn, he played Craglin, who was Yondu's uh, Yondu's second in command as lieutenant. Oh, that's 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was I, I was looking. I, it's a good thing you said that because I was when I was like, I know he's like, I think this guy's James Gunn's. Mm-hmm. Um, brother, right? Right. But, yeah. Uh, I was, um, yeah. Good for a good call out too. Um, so yeah, man. Like, what do you think? You think this, this next movie is going to be good? Oh yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, the Marvel, the MCU machine, they haven't had a bad film, even though people people shit all over Captain Marvel or whatever. Yeah. And I kind of understand their criticism about that one, but it wasn't a bad film, personally. I would have let off with the Black Widow or the Scarlet Witch or even Maria Hill having a movie before, before one before this character, a female character who wasn't even established yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way they showed her in Avengers Endgame, I'm like, that's the perfect doses I can take her in. Yeah. Now, now have they have they put any trailers out for the the Volume Three yet, or are they still? No, they haven't. Not yet. The one they. The only MCU trailer that's come out in recent months is for uh, the Black Widow's movie with Scarlett Johansson. Do you think that's going to be good? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm looking forward to that one. I mean, they got some... I'm looking forward to the villain in the film, the Taskmaster, and and Johansson, it's about time she finally got a, She finally got her MCU movie. Yeah. Was it... The Joker wasn't... That wasn't a, a Marvel DC. movie. That was DC, right? That's DC, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was good too, and that and that was and that's leading the way in the Oscars, from what I understand. Yeah, that looked. I mean, 
what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. He's a good actor. I mean, he's been nominated before for other things, and he's been good ever since he was a little kid in movies like Parenthood. Yeah. He was good in that. Yeah, he was good. Um, he was good in The Gladiator. Uh, oh, yeah, Commodus. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other movies he was in. Hotel was... Rwanda. Yeah. Um, he was what? in that? Hotel. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Um, he was in, uh, what's it, Walk the Line. Walk the Line is Johnny Cash. Yeah. The Master. Uh, her. He was in the uh, one with Mel Gibson. What was that? Signs. Signs. And, yeah. And the one with Nicolas Cage, 8mm. Yeah. He's had a bunch of good roles, man. He's just such a good actor. He has, really. He has, really. I mean, you can't really... I think if his brother, if River, if his older brother, River Phoenix, was still alive, was still alive today and still making movies, I'd be hard-pressed to decide between which one of them is better. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. They're both, uh, you know, titans, man. Heavyweights. They were good, yeah. Yeah. River, River was a town that got taken too soon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, hey, man, this was awesome. You know, this uh, it was really fun covering... Uh, Covering the uh, the Go soundtrack. This, um, is, this is a fun soundtrack. We're definitely doing the third volume when that when that movie finally drops. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely gonna do that one, and then uh, you know maybe we'll do uh, Force Gump for the next episode or Blown, Blown Away. Away. Yeah, one of those two. Whichever one, I'm down for whatever, man. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Rotunes Reviews. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major podcast distributors as well. So if you don't mind, please leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Rotunes Revs. I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on the Untapped app. My username is Brutuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers. <laughs>